When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Alistair Clarkson, the story yesterday broken by our man Sam Edmund. It was a, I think it was a, a big story um, as the media arrived to, you know, to cover the Taryn Thomas stuff. Alistair Clarkson threatened a female reporter and said words to the effect of "Your time will come." And now he's clearly apologetic by it and has visited the reporter and, and had some mediation with Channel Nine, who released a statement yesterday. And, and Huey Nalen is a ripper from Channel Nine. He accepts robust exchanges are part of the media landscape, particularly in the footy world. But this crossed the line. A young female reporter should not be threatened or made to feel uncomfortable while doing her job. And they've you know, vowed to stand by their reporter clearly. What was he thinking, Clarko? Well, well, clearly he made a mistake. These guys are... You know what Alistair Clarkson is. The whole football world knew what North Melbourne were getting. They're getting a guy that's passionate. He'll support his own to the point of going over that line. We all know that. The players know that. And for North Melbourne players that didn't know that, they would have seen that. He's made a mistake. He's gone too far. He's apologised. It's been accepted. Okay? This is the package. Mm. This is what you're getting. And I think no matter what part of the AFL world you're looking at, whether it's admin, coaching, playing, the the best fly close to the line. They do. And sometimes they put their toe just a little bit too far over the line and they are forced to retract a comment or an action or make an apology. This is what this is what North Melbourne knew they were getting. Is it a sign for them that it, you know he's, he's gonna take he's gonna need some to have support around him? And you mentioned Todd Viney, and I'll get you to explain what you think he will bring. But new CEO, who, look, I don't know a lot about, other than reading a very impressive resume, Jen Watt, but I haven't heard her speak you know, publicly yet. Um, the president's got her own significant health battles at the moment, so that's, you know, that's a, an, another uh, challenge that the club has to face. And who would have thought North Melbourne would be facing all these challenges since Clarkson was revealed? But is there enough around him, like there was at Hawthorne, where... They did keep him in line, didn't they? Because he did, you know, there's a couple of examples at Hawthorne where he flew close to the line, as you said, but he had strong people around him. Do, yeah. do, do North have enough? Because oh. they, haven't, they haven't lost a game yet, North. They haven't lost a game. Well, well the not... pressure's going to rise, you know? The, the pressure's going to rise during the season. And as much as the expectations why is it are rise? low. Why, why is it going to rise? Well, because he's he's a competitive no, animal. The pre- the, the North Melbourne are, you are can't in, are get in rid complete of that. rebuild. I understand there's it. There's no you pressure cannot remove the want to win oh, and course. the frustrations that will come from coaching a side that isn't as good as the sides he's coached before. North Melbourne are in a hurry to get back to, to competitive football. There's no doubt, there's no doubting that. And in the way they train and the way they've attacked pre-season, it, it is evident that it is a complete shift. The people they've got around Alistair Clarkson are incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. Sonia Hood, very strong. I know you've had your run-ins with her, but as an administrator, very strong. Jen Watt, don't underestimate Jen Watt. Knows, uh, doesn't mix her words. Doesn't waste yeah, no, her I words, doesn't I, mix I, it. I, I, I didn't her. I just don't know a lot about her. Todd Viney. Todd Viney's not there to be a yes man or a sycophant for, for Alistair Clarkson. He, he he calls a spade a spade. He'll pull him in the line if need be. These things are going to happen, okay? It's, 
is it a, is it a massive issue? He's made a mistake. He's apologised, and I think we all move on. I, I, I don't necessarily see this as a, a hanging offence per se, but this, no, is, I this said is part that. of I the just package. Think it was it was a big error to make in terms of of course the media are going to be there. Like this is this is a, it's the off season. There's no footy to talk about, and there's a significant story breaking that. Mm. Is you know, it's it's a passionate one. It, it involves not just your sports journos, it involves your news journos. He's experienced enough to know that he's got to handle himself better than that, and he's he's put his hand up. But yeah, do you think there's a, enough strong people around him, like there was at Hawthorne, to make sure that the best you get the best out of Alistair even Clarkson? those at Hawthorne, even those at Hawthorne couldn't stop some of the transgressions. Mm. Mm. Like you just do your best, don't you? Yeah. Well, but they but they were you know, really experienced football people that I don't think, you know, I haven't seen apart from Todd Viney that the others had the experience in dealing with someone like Alistair Clarkson. That's why I'm asking you. But Who Chris knows? Fagan had the experience. Jeff Kennett had the experience. And, and, and these things still happened. Mm. So, look, you, you, can protect, you can protect against a lot of things, but there's some things just happen. Look, Alistair wouldn't have planned to have made a comment like that. Of course not. So... How do you stop that in the spur well, you of the? Don't, you don't. You remove him from the situation. Walking onto, him, he's walking onto well, the field to coach yeah, the team for well, training. Yeah, so, so was so would Todd Viney not have gone? Okay, I'm going to walk next to him. No, I don't know. I'm just there's there's mitigating factors that you can you can bring into to remove some of the risk. Like if Todd Viney's standing right next to him, walking on the ground with him, I don't know. He's not a baby and he's experienced enough. That's why I was just shocked yeah. to hear it that he would make mm. a would make an error like that and use similar language that. Taron used himself. It's an interesting thing for me. Like, you know, I feel like I'm really close with the boys um, playing good footy. But yeah, I'm sort of just a little bit disjointed from the, the coaching staff in a way. I think it is it has stemmed from them thinking that I don't want to be there. You know, I barely talk to jail, probably like a couple of words once a week, but mm. I just sort of saw the writing on the wall. Pretty honest admission there from Rory Lobb. That audio is thanks to the Stan Show Me The Money 2 documentary, which premiered yesterday. Only a couple of words to the coach once a week. This is tough to, um, you know, coexist, isn't it? Yeah, given that he was a required player every week. <laughs> what are their best? Yeah, and their leading goal scorer. It was just a strange comment. I just... As I said earlier, I wonder whether the club would have a different version of events. Mm. You know, it's hard. I'm not calling him a liar. I'm, I'm just wondering whether they'd be disappointed having that out in the public sphere. And the other one was Griffin Logue as well. Let, let me know if you've got that in, in the studio, Brooksy, about the audio. That Okay, let's have a listen to his teammate at the time, Griffin Logue. Don't have to be yeah, footy genius to work out that, you know, you feel like you're not really wanted kind of thing. It's clearly not a place for me. Um, right now there, so um, only really got back in the team through luck, really. So Fremantle have come off worse out of this. So you've got two players now, one saying he only speaks to the coach you know, a couple of words a week and out of favour, and, and Griffin Logue feels like he's not wanted. So if anyone is, yeah, if anyone would be upset, it might be Fremantle. And once again, they'll, they'd have their own version of events, but uh, Griffin Logue was wanted by a couple of other um, teams, clearly, and landed at North Melbourne. It was great. It was ten it teams was, wanted him. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? And there was, but there was a deal on the table, I think, for for Griffin from Fremantle, but not to anywhere near the level um, that the other teams came for him from. I I, I did find it fascinating. I'm, I'm most of the way through it. I think if you know, I had a look at what 
each decade could be known for, Kingy. So if the 80s was music and 70s was movies, I reckon the 2020s is going to be known for sports documentaries. I think we do it better. Well, the world does it better now, and, and that's flowed through to our game. But from the last dance with, with Michael Jordan to Full Swing, which is the golf one on Netflix, to Drive to Survive... I think the insight sports fans now get into their sport or not even their sport, like other people would be interested in this, is, is as good as it gets. So I loved it. We'll speak to Robbie Durazio after 8 o'clock, who's a key player in it. And the player that I thought came across best was Brody Grundy. I mean, he loves Collingwood and he loves Collingwood. And they were forcing him out the door and he accepted it, really, like yeah, with, a, with a brave face, with a maturity that perhaps, you know, certainly I wouldn't have had or others wouldn't have. And... Max Gorn playing forward. So Gorn has said to him, you got the ruck, I'm going to play forward. Yeah. I, I, I don't no, know if it's I'm as simple skept- as that. Yeah, yeah, but that's what has been sold to him. Well, you, you, you've got to do the selling, don't you? Mm. You've got to tell the player coming in what they want to hear. I, I don't think it'll be as simple as that. I, I'm interested in his um, – having watched Melbourne train a lot, I'm interested in, in, his, in his fitness. I just thought he was a naturally fit guy to be able to run and run and run. He's been struggling, hasn't he? He's been showing up. By, by okay. the, the Melbourne uh, running profile, not just their, their mids, but their talls. Like, mm. it, Max Gorn blows him away in the running. Is that right? Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's sort of confronting to see. So I, I'm interested to see how they use the two of them. I don't even think Max and Brody know yet. Simon Goodwin's keeping that really close to his chest. Um, mm. So we, we wait and see what that, what that looks like. And it may look different. I don't think Simon Goodwin will expose... How he really wants to use these two guys until about secret round eighteen. Weapon. The secret weapon. T- t- just tricking up, leading into a final series, and it is the secret weapon. It's an asset that not many other teams have got. Uh. So how do you how do you maximise that? I don't think they'll maximise it in round four. I think they're waiting for a final series for that. I love the teams that have a crack in the trade period, and Melbourne have done it. Okay, let's let's we've got this group. Let's go. Okay, what pieces do we? You, you touched on. Brisbane, and we always speak about Geelong just refusing to rebuild. What, what can we do to remain up the top and to chase these teams down? And Melbourne do it and have done it as good as anyone in the last couple of years during the trade period. Let's get to our next guest because he was a key part of our program last year and he's been good enough to join us on the back of Hawthorne's first preseason game, which they lost to Geelong in Geelong yesterday. Uh, Sam Mitchell's his name. Mitch, thanks for joining us again. Yes, thanks for having me on again, boys. Oh, back into it, and it was a not a reality check because you would have known what you were getting yourself up against yesterday. But uh, how have you dissected it? Only you know a few hours on from from what happened. Yeah, it was a reasonably difficult one to watch. Kane it was, uh, yeah, they're a good side, and you know, I was just so hoping that they would be. This would be the year that they'd finally fall off a cliff, but I don't think there's any <laughs> risk of that. Unfortunately, we have to put up with Geelong up the top again, but. Um, no, they look they look strong, and we uh, we couldn't handle some of the things that they did as well as I would have liked. And um, you know, we win or we learn, and a fair bit of learning out of out of last night's performance. So, do you walk away daunted by the prospect of trying to be as good as them and to get to where they are at? No, I'm not daunted. I think I looked at you, know, you look at the centre square at different different instances, and what. What I try to do is think, okay, if we pause them where they are now and we add two or three seasons into all of our players and then we compete against them, uh, it gives you a bit of a bit of faith that, yeah, you know, you look at Newcomb lines up on Guthrie and you think, okay, if we just pause Guthrie where he is and we add another three years and 60 mm. games into Newcomb, 
think they're reasonably comparable and you feel a bit more positive about it. Whereas right now, obviously, someone like Cam Guthrie is, uh, you know, got a few more strings to his bow and can get away with a few more things than our than our young fellas. But I think they're a, they're a very good side. Been playing together for a long time and and they're going to continue to be strong. So as coach, Mitch, you bounce out of bed this morning. Are you concerned at all or not? Is it, is it, I, just, I just see the size of the margin, and I know they're the best in the comp. They're the, they're the best the AFL have right now, but they had a lot of stars on the sidelines as well. They're only going to get better from there. Do, do, you, do you get concerned with, with the performance and a, and a, a smacking of, of where you're actually at? No, not concerned. I had a really good chat with Luke Bruce, um, you know, driving back down the highway last night, and he, you know, the old "it's never as good or as bad as it seems" is um, very, very obvious on a night like last night. Once I got home and watched a bit of the vision last night, and um, there were certainly some areas that need some need some sharpening, but um, overall, um, there was a few more positives than perhaps I thought as soon as we were there. Um, but there, I mean, their consistency of the way that they play uh, was was much better than what we had, and I think. Um, you know, we this time last year we got absolutely blown away by Collingwood in the first practice game, and um, it was a it was a bit of a more of a reality check. Whereas I think this time around, playing on their home deck that they trade at every day, um, different dimension ground that we haven't played at before, um, we tried a few different things in our in our mix. We certainly wanted to explore some options with our game style, um, which we did, um, and then we'll see we'll see which ones of those hold up and which ones we need to shelf. So in, in terms of the system and, and how you want to play, were you, were you happy with what you saw? I know some things broke down and, and that's going to happen with young young teams, but through the pre-season you've been drilling a, a system, a style of play into this group. Did you did you get what you want out of that last night? Oh, not, not as often as I would have liked. Certainly at different stages there were some passages of play and that were that were better for us and that looked a bit more like the way we had trained. But even talking to the players after the game, I mean, we play, you train against each other and both teams are really trying to do the same thing all the time. And you play against another team that have a different a different model and a different game style that everyone isn't where you think they'd be. Um, so our players need to get used to playing against real opposition and, and that was the first time we've done it for you know since August of last year. So, you know, we weren't we weren't all that surprised. Um, at the at the level that they were at, but what we perhaps would have, were a bit disappointed with was how consistent we were with doing the things that we've shown that we have been able to do across the preseason. So what happens now? Like, how do you give us an insight into how you digest the review, uh, your messages to the players, and how you balance it between your, your obvious disappointment because we can hear that in your voice versus um, walking away giving them some of the positive that you saw. Yeah, I got. Um, that's probably. I don't know if any of the players would be listening to you. They're probably still trying to get out of bed after the late night. But um, the the thing that I looked, that I found really obvious is you saw the same player do something that's so unlike them. But then you know, five minutes later, they do the thing that you would expect. And so the level of consistency that we saw, and um, you know, I, I, there was an example that I can think of off the top of my head was. You know, Will Day's in a really good position on the ground and he runs himself out of position um, by trying too hard, basically. But then five minutes later, he's in nearly identical position and the ball ends up falling to him and he's, he is able to get involved in the play. And you look at the, the difference between those two bits of play and if you, if you put those all together, they add up. Um, some of our, our forwards are pointing to one direction and our, 
you know, midfielders or defenders are kicking it to them in a different... And just so we're just not all on the same page often enough. And I think that's when you play a team like Geelong that have played you know, a very similar brand for a long period of time. That that connection that they have on the field was, was something that we've got to work towards. How young is too young is going to be the, the talking point all year with, with the Hawks. Have you got enough senior core players in there to steer the ship And in, in terms of looking for round one? We're not worried about the pre-season competition. As you said, it can throw up uh, numbers that you're not used to and and can be quite um, – it can skew the facts, put it that way. Have you got enough senior core bodies in there to, to show the way round one and beyond? Well, Tom will tell, Kingy. I think I'm really confident in the in the group that we've put together. I think James Sicily has grown enormously and – um, I think he's going to do a really good job as a captain of a footy club. He hasn't done that before, and our our group of leaders around him haven't been in that position before, so they're going to take some some time to do some learning. But I think you, know, you add Luke Bruce sat sat with us in the coach's box along with Mitch Lewis um, and Chancourt Jass yesterday, and I think when I look at those three players, all quite important, quite loud, really good game understanding. That's three players that you add in. I think we do have a bit stronger leadership than we showed yesterday. Uh, I was, to be honest, a bit disappointed with the, the spirit in the group for a, at a couple of stages. We did manage to get it back, but um, I think the, the the Geelong juggernaut got on top of us for probably a five-minute patch in the second quarter, which was disappointing, but it's a good thing to review, and I'm glad it happened in the preseason rather than in the main season. Now, I know you're trying to fast-track this rebuild and, and, and there's no timeline necessarily set on it, but we watched the show last night, Show Me the Money 2, and there are a lot of deals spoken about behind the scenes and Hawthorne was mentioned in most of them. Clearly, you'd be disappointed to not have attained some of that talent. How many deals would have fallen by the wayside, uh, both in and out of Hawthorne, to attracting players and, and getting deals done and trades done to, to shift players for better picks, how many deals would you have been involved with a ballpark figure that didn't realise themselves? <laughs> it's a great question. A lot would be the answer. I don't. <laughs> I mean, Mark McKenzie and his recruiting and list management team really deal with the vast majority of that. Uh, some of it, when it gets closer to the pointy end, um, I'll get involved in, but uh, really let the bakers bake, and those guys do an enormous amount of work. I mean, they're, right now he sent me a text late last night saying, oh, I just keep this in mind for next week. We might be having a chat with this player, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So there's always something happening with those guys. And there's, a, I feel a bit better about it this year because last year we had an enormous amount of deals fall away with no outcomes. This year, at least we had some outcomes. You know, we brought in Lloyd Meek, um, Carl Amon and, and Cooper Stevens. Two of those guys played yesterday. Cooper obviously had a concussion, so he couldn't play. But um, those other two lads, along with Fergus Green, um, all have added something to the group. So all that work that they put in all year, at least we get some benefit from it now. And that was a, a follow-up I had to that because there's a scene where Dorazio tells Mackenzie that Bose has chosen Geelong and he's like, you guys couldn't have done anything more. You, the, the money was good. The pitch, I think you took him out for lunch. The pitch couldn't have been any better. Lunch. Um, Where'd you go? But but the thing that you couldn't change was where you're at. Mitch and and that's that's difficult to attract players um, and no doubt you would have factored that in but is that frustrating for you? I'm not not really. When I think about our list management strategy, um, what we what we want to achieve is build our own internal premiership group, which we can then add to. I think if you if you're getting players in that are going to be your core, that 
that makes it more difficult. You obviously pay a premium for any players that are coming from another club. So what I'm really proud of, as far as our group of formal leaders for this year, most of them are homegrown. So being so so Sam Frost and Jarman Impey have both come from other clubs, but um, Bruce and Sicily and Moore and Mitchell Lewis, they're all Hawthorne drafted, Hawthorne developed, Hawthorne recruited. So that gives me faith that our, our models around how we're developing our players and our leadership is, is improving. And I think that what we need to be able to achieve is we need to get to a position where we've made a premiership core group and then players will start thinking, OK, I want a part of this, and then they can come and, and fill the gaps that we have, which we've seen a couple of times, but really in, two, in another two years' time is when the free agency market would be much more a priority rather than the draft. Where did you take him for lunch, and will you revisit that restaurant with your next drive to acquire? <laughs> I actually, I actually didn't take him out for lunch, so I think um, there might be a bit of sugar on that story. Uh-huh. I did catch up with him, um, but I didn't, I didn't take him out for lunch. So I won't give you too much. I haven't seen the show. I haven't seen the show. I haven't seen it yet. So um, interesting that they give away that much information. Usually, um, Hawthorne are well renowned for keeping things under the under the hat, so um, I'm not sure that I'll uh, be, be giving you too much about things like that, boys. Well, in a couple of weeks, we want to back over this again, so make sure you've watched the show and we want to work out what was fact and what was fiction. Yeah. Well, I did spend some time with him and definitely tried to get him over. I thought he was pretty impressive in the early part of the game. I think he only played the first two quarters last night, but I was just as disappointed leaving the game thinking that we missed him than, than as I was when, when we got the phone call to say that he'd chosen Geelong. Mitch, appreciate you fronting up for us, mate. Um, we'll speak to you throughout the year, hopefully, once again. It was terrific last year. So um, enjoy, don't enjoy the review, but get stuck in the review and we'll check in with you in a couple of weeks. All right, thanks, guys. Enjoy the show. Hi, mate. Sam Mitchell. So uh, Collingwood, Hawthorne play Collingwood next Thursday, 5-10 in Tassie before their round one game, Sunday, March the 19th against Essendon at the MCG. And that will be a big one. If you love your footy, if you love sport, I couldn't recommend the documentary more. Um, some people will love it, some won't, but I, I reckon the majority of you will get something out of the Stan original documentary, Show Me The Money Too. It's now streaming only on Stan. And our next guest, well, he's the star of the show. Oh, was just, he? Uh, wow. The hang time this guy got was <laughs> oh, unbelievable. His name is Robbie Dorazio from Connor Sports. Robbie, thanks for your time. Uh, thanks, guys. Good to be here. Was there room for anyone else to get a word in or not? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, mate, I just do my job and they follow. So, you know, it's just day-to-day business and what they get is what they get. So um, I'm not sure what everyone else is doing, but, uh, yeah, day-to-day work for me. Was there any trepidation to put your hand up? You were involved last year, I think. Was there any hesitation to be involved? Oh, look, I think it's a, um, to be honest with you, not really. It's a, It's a... Great insight for the the general supporter of you know of any sport just to get that that um, that look to what happens behind the scenes and I don't think it hurts and it also shows the human element to these these footballers who are who are human as I said they, they they go through the ups and downs like all of us and making decisions for their for their livelihoods and whether you're Brody Grundy you know at the top of the game or or um, you know Griffin Logue trying to trying to get to Melbourne or, or Shacky trying to save a career I think you see all elements of, of the game and it, it shows the human side of, of the whole thing. One thing that struck me was, I mean, the investment that you put into your players, like the Brody Grundy's at your house a lot in this. Like, so 
you just you're always on. Like if you want to be good at this job, I guess that's what's required. But how have you seen that commitment change from when you first started doing it? Yeah, I guess um, they do become part of your family. A lot of the, these these players, you sign them as 16, 17, 18 year olds. Um, now suddenly they're you know they're getting married and having kids. Um, you know, I was a kid going through that at, at the same time with Brody. So yeah, he's at my house a lot. He knows my family really well and. We sort of use the house a lot too, so we're not seen by uh, by the mm. Tom Browns of the, of the world who are you know sitting in cafes watching everything. So just a bit of private space, but no, they're definitely part of the family, and you make these decisions with them, and um, it's a really enjoyable job, and we get a lot of satisfaction out of it. But yeah, definitely, um, you get a little of insight into into Brody and and how he thinks. Less about the players, less about trade period itself. How did you rate your performance, Robbie? <laughs> I don't know about you, King. I don't like looking at myself that often. So um, I feel sorry for people that have to look at, at the big gonzo. But, uh, look, overall, it's a uh, no, it's a good fun. Like Paulie Connors turned up really well for it, I thought. He trained hard. Um, he did a lot of work in the off-season for this big finale the last three minutes. I think he takes over the show. So he was quite happy. Um, and Nick Geeson got a good run too. So, no, we were happy. And it's, yeah, it is a bit, a bit, is a bit awkward, to be honest. We're not supposed to be on TV that often, but um, it was a great idea by Stan and Jam TV, and I think they've done a great job. No, they have. It is ter- a terrific watch. So, so let's talk about deals, okay? So I made a comment this morning that, you know, it's up to a Collingwood or, or a, a, a Craig McRae or a John Longmire from Sydney or even Brad Scott, you know, the Bombers don't really have that big-bodied midfielder, to go and get Nathan Fife, find a way to to, to, to rip him out of the, of the Fremantle Football Club that he loves. When would that process start? So take us right back to the start of the, the Grundy discussion or, or other players yeah. that you've traded in the off-season. When would it start? And, and tell us the plan. They're all different, but I think if you're looking to get a player of that calibre out of the club, it's, it's at least 12 months earlier. Like I think that, um, especially if you're moving players from the other side of the country, if, using Fife as the example, but there's a lot of planning that would have to go into it, a lot of salary cap movement. You know, you'd have to look at, what's going in, what's coming out, um, lifestyle, the partner would be involved a lot of the time, what does, what does he or she do for a job, family, kids, school. Like there's a lot of planning that goes into it, um, but the coach is a, is a major part of that, that factor. I think the coach plays a huge role in, in the trade period. I think the list managers do a great job, but in the end the coach and the player have to get along and foresee what, it, what you know, the vision that the coach has for that player and try and convince him to come. I think the coach plays a massive role, but definitely... You know, for a big name like that, it'd be it'd be twelve months at least. Can I just ask you? So, a lot of energy, a lot of time goes into the, to the trade period at the end of season. Do we have enough capacity to put one into the mid-year period? I heard Paul's comments the other day, and I, I agree with him. I think that I think it'd be a totally different way we look at it. I think your um, your positions would be specific. I think that um, keeping players in jobs is an important part of our our job, and keeping players. Um, you know, putting food on the table. So I think mid-season trade period wouldn't be, or draft wouldn't be a bad idea. I don't know how it would actually work in terms of lending or how salary cap movement would work, but I think it would be a great idea to keep, as I said, players in jobs and teams who need specific positions to, to be able to reboot for the back end of the year. Yeah, for sure. The pitches from the clubs you know, clearly comes across, and some do it better than others, but, you know, instrumental in getting Grundy to, to Melbourne was Simon Goodwin and Max Gorn selling how he's going to play. We see Bose to a Geelong and Dangerfield and Stewart and you could just see they were blown away by it. Uh, you spoke about you know, Hawthorne's pitch to Bose and they couldn't have done 
anymore. How has this gone up a notch? Oh, I think that just the whole involvement in the club, as you said, and, and I think that the way the history is of the big footy clubs, that helps. You know, I know that like Giants and Gold Coast is trying to build that history now, but I think that that whole involvement, when you've got Patrick Dangerfield, Tom Stewart, walking Bosey through the, the Geelong history and the, the pictures on the wall, that's pretty pretty special. And, you know, Jack was blown away by all that. Jack was blown away by all the pictures that he had in, in front of him. They all did a great job and he had to make a decision. Um, but, no, definitely when you've got Paddy Dangerfield... And Tom Stewart, you know, telling you to come, it's, it's, a, it's a massive draw card for sure. Why Just, wouldn't you have said to Collingwood, because Grundy clearly loved the club and you can see that, why wouldn't you say, no, nah, he's not going? You've got five years left, he's not going. Yeah, I could have. I could have. I think in the end, Brody's the one that looked, there was a nice conversation between Craig and Brody, the coach and the, and the player, and Craig, to his credit, was um, looked him in the eye and said, you know, I think it's best if you do go elsewhere. So I think that's, I don't know about you, but if someone said that to me and they don't want me, I probably would look, look elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and he had a great option to go. So he could have easily gone back to Kane and you know that would have made things difficult for them to do what they wanted to do during trade period. So it would have been interesting. But um, I, I, look, I think that in the end, it's worked out really nicely for everybody and um, really exciting for the year, the year ahead. So, so have, Robbie, on that specific deal, the Grundy deal, how, how will you assess whether that's been a success or not? I guess it, it, personally, you mean mm. like my yeah. my my yeah, own your view. side of it? Yeah, I think yeah. Let's see how let's see how it unfolds. Like the Gorn discussion is going to be a big one, and I've had a lot of commentary. So for me, I think it's the way they play together, and the way that if the team wins and it's going well, and you know Brody's happy to you know the seventy thirty fit, whatever it is. I think that if they're winning and the midfielders are getting good supply, and and both Ruckman, Max and and Brody are happy with the way it's going, I think that's a win. How you measure that, I'm not sure, Kingy, but. I guess the game's, you know, wins and losses keep us all in jobs. So if they're winning and, and the combination's working well, well, I guess that'll be the tick. And, and the way that Max and Brody um, play with each other, I guess that'll be a key. Any calls from Martin Scorsese or anyone like that overnight, <laughs> just on the back of what they saw? No, I've been checking my phone. Nothing, mate. Nothing at all. But, uh, no, nah, look, as I said, it was good fun. And um, the, the stand guys are, are really happy with the way they've done it. I think that the one, the one length movie feature or whatever they want to call it I think works really well and um, I know Colin Young was very happy with himself yesterday so uh, I did say to him I said how did they get you in the uh, in the butcher and he said oh they told me it was just a warehouse when he rocked up there was all those carcasses laying there so I don't know if that's true or not but um, no he's a good man Colin scary man but good man uh, well, it was terrific. I was fascinated by it, honestly. Uh, and you came across exceptionally well. That the Connor Sports is, is an absolute juggernaut. You do it better than, than most. Uh, appreciate you joining us and, and running us through um, some of the interest behind it. Robbie, thank you, Tom. Thanks, guys. Happy birthday to Kochi, too. Big 40 today. Oh, is that right? Okay. 40. <laughs> He's having a good He's having a channel. Hey, Tom Green, uh, another from the Connor Sports stable at uh, GWS, has just signed a four-year contract as well. Now he's going to join Sam Edmund on the captain's run on Friday. That's a huge. Where, where does that sit on your uh, on your chart? Four's, no, I'm happy with that. Four's, four's good. Four's okay. okay. Four's, four's the old school too. Oh, right. uh, and he's he's young. He's what did he be? Twenty one, twenty two. So there have been heaps of Victorian clubs looking to get him back. So he'll join Sam Edmund, who will join us before he does the captain's run on the other side of this. Robbie Durazio, our guest, the Stan Original documentary, Show Me the Money, now streaming only on Stan.